Welcome to AgTech Innovators, keeping you up to date with information from Agriculture Victoria. Imagine having a business idea that'll help farmers easily deal with invasive weeds in difficult terrain. Having an idea, though, is one thing. Turning it into a business is entirely another. G'day, I'm Drew Radford, and that's pretty much the story of the Gulak brothers, Yasin and Levent, and their business, Drone Spraying Australia. To discuss how they got to this point, Lev and Yasin join me for this AgTech Innovators podcast. Thank you, Drew. Good to, good to be here. Yeah, thanks, Drew. Before we delve into how you've got to this point with the business... I want to know a little bit about the business. The name Drone Spraying Australia tells me a reasonable amount, but can you just really describe what you do? So, I mean, we do a lot of things. As a name will indicate, our primary services is drone spraying, which is spraying blackberries and capeweed and other nasty farm-infesting plants with herbicides. But we also do mapping, photography and elevation contouring as well. You're not just talking about this stuff, though, because I understand you guys grew up on a farm, so you understand a little bit about weeds and what some of the opportunities are there. Is that correct? And, and where was the farm? And what did you farm? Well, we've got the family farm in Strath Creek. At the moment, running a few sheep, and we've had a lot of horses. We didn't grow up there. We've had the place for maybe about 10 years now. It's in Strath Creek, so it's a really hilly country. We've had a lot of problems with access in the past, so... It's something that you know has taught us a lot about what life is like on a farm and how it is to best take care of the land. You said you didn't grow up there, and you've gone down a very different path. You've both gone down engineering paths. So, Lev, can you tell me a little bit about your journey and how you got to this point? I started off at uni as a chemical engineer and, funnily enough, began my career in finance. I then had a few startups. Many that didn't work and um, a few that did. So my main one being in the MedCan space. So I started off full time on that in its startup stages. And now I've sort of been able to take a step back and um, sitting on the board, but non-executive at the moment, which frees up a lot of my time to have more of a lead role in, um, in Drone Spraying Australia. So that's me. And what about you, Yasin? I mean, you went well away from the path of farming as well, I understand. Yeah, that's right. I studied aerospace engineering and finished that in about 2015. And then for a while, I worked at a company that contracted to Airbus, which was very interesting, working on great big projects. It's very, very different working for a big company like that. And then um, came back to Australia, did some more engineering in the environmental space. But we've always had this connection to the land and those are the, the issues that we're exposed to. So yeah, sort of always had one foot in agriculture. Well, you may have had one foot in agriculture. You both have certainly got amazing expertise, but in different areas. So where did this idea come from? Because we have the farm in Strath Creek, it's a really hilly country, and we've always had problems with access for spraying weeds, blackberries in particular, but also Patterson's Curse and things. And it's one of those things that it weighs on you as a you know managing the farm over a couple of years, and you think to yourself, oh, there's got to be a better way of doing this. And talking to the neighbours as well, always had problems with getting contractors out there and um, efficacy problems. A lot of farmers in the area are, you know, getting a bit older, so their legs aren't working as well. And 
at the end of the day, if that after a couple of years means that you're spraying less and less, means that your farm's getting more and more overrun. It's just one of those things I, I always thought there's a better way of doing it. So that's where the startup came from. An idea is one thing, and you both have experience in the startup space. Commercialising and testing that idea, though, is a very different thing. And being connected into the farming community to make sure that you know you can go beyond your immediate area and commercialise it is yet another step. So, where did you go from there with the idea? Was it a case of looking around for programs like the AgTech Future Founder process? No, I didn't actually look for it. It's one. It's something that came to me just on a Facebook ad. And I thought, oh, okay, that looks interesting. It's strange that Facebook knows me that well. <laughs> and I jumped into it. They, they, they did a free webinar and I signed up to the program afterwards. And it was really, really good. That's where I've you know, had the exposure. And I've talked to a bunch of people about um, testing the idea, testing to see if it addresses people's pain points and if it solves a problem for people. And then going through with them, with the coaches to commercialize the idea. That's where the journey started from. Has this helped you avoid a lot of pitfalls and really test your concept and revise the concept? Yeah, it has. Yeah, most definitely. It's something when I first started, I just kind of thought of it as a business in the agriculture services industry. Coming through with the AgVic people and the you know ag tech space, it turned into something that can be tested quite a bit. It's something that has refined the idea and refined my thinking and given me a lot of focus over the course of the last few months. It's been yeah, really good. In, in terms of that focus, is the business now a full-time venture for one of you or both of you? Where are you actually at with that? It began with Yasin having the lead role and he took it right at its seed level, worked through compliance, got the CASA license and took it from concept to... I guess in a position where we could begin operations. And funnily enough, we've sort of handballed it. We're both still very involved, but he's now in a sort of more full-time role and I've managed to, I guess, free up some time. So now I've, uh, we did a bit of a handover and now I'm taking it from that commencement stage through to optimization and really getting good organic growth. That's easier said than done, I would imagine, Lev. You've got very complex equipment. CASA has really come into this space, as you'd expect them to be, and reasonably capital intensive. I've had a look at your website. These aren't kids' drones. These are reasonable-sized beasties which can carry payloads and spray. So there's a bit involved. Absolutely. I I do say it. I guess it sounds easy, but um, it it has been very intensive. So I think there's been a lot of sitting down together and uh, late hours into the night and early mornings just tick-tacking over all the information and trying not to crash the drone (laughs) to start off with. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and then getting all of our ducks in a row and getting ready. I had an interesting one with CASA. Uh, as part of the licensing process, the final thing was a exemption for drones that are over 25 kilograms. And we actually had three CASA officials come out to the site and watch us fly the drone, watch us you know, do our procedures according to our operations manual. And it was a terrifying thing, to be honest, having three CASA officials out there who've been in the industry for a long time. And part of you feels like, uh, you know, I'm... I'm a business owner. I've been doing this for a while. I know what I'm doing. And the other part of you thinks, oh, my God, what have I gotten myself into? Yeah, it's quite a strange experience. 
That's a great description and a great anecdote, though, because you know, particularly you, Lev, you've come from a startup background, and that stomach in your mouth kind of feeling must be a bit of a common experience on occasions. I'd say it is, but I'd, I'd say that's almost the best bit for me personally. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I love it. I love that kind of thrill of what am I doing and what is this situation I've landed in and look at everything that could go wrong. And um, yeah, it's quite invigorating, but um, it's always good when things don't go wrong as well. Well, I'd imagine so. It's particularly so with a 25-kilogram drone, to say the, <laughs> say the least. And you, you've changed roles. You mentioned that. So where's your future direction for the startup. Yeah, so we've got a few indicative ideas on where to go. In the short term, we've just hired close friends, come in and learn how to pilot the drone. And where we want to go in the short term is get to a position where he can take a lead role in the office as well as on the ground and train new pilots. And as we grow, we'd like to be able to get more drones. In the long term, I guess we'd like to have a drone in every corner of the state and a head office where we're sort of booking in clients and growing organically and getting the drones up in the air. Yeah, so what have you got out of the Tech Lab Vic program so far? What I've really gotten out of it so far is a kind of focus. It turns on your mind to be thinking about this sort of problem as an idea that you can offer the world as a solution that solves people's problems. What I got out of it was testing and verifying and about talking to people who... um have faced similar problems and um, turning the idea into something that can be iterated on and refined into firstly a, a commercializable idea and then after that iterating on that and turning that into a marketable business that, that has a go-to-market strategy, that has a strategy to reach out to partners. It's taught me to take that process seriously, which is something that you know, I, yeah, I'm grateful for. It certainly sounds like turning it upside down, oh, we've got this great idea, but yeah, what problem are you solving? And then actually verifying that you are solving a problem and commercialising it. Yeah, that's right. Farmers are always problem solvers at first, but they solve their own problems. If you can then identify other people who have problems, who have um, you know, faced something similar, you grow something bigger. And what about you, Lev? What's been the most memorable part of the program for you so far? Well, that's a good question because um, there's been plenty of memorable experiences ranging from, I guess, Zoom calls where we're doing three-hour Zooms on finance <laughs> and trying to get financial uh, statements in order, ranging to a uh, go-to-market strategy. But I would say the most memorable was when we had all of the teams meet up in Melbourne for a two-day workshop. That was brilliant because we got to see that we weren't the only ones doing something and we weren't the only ones having or experiencing difficulties and hurdles to overcome. We had um, all of these other guys in a similar situation with their own difficulties and that was fantastic and just being able to touch base with them and share and, and learn. And I'd imagine that would be a great learning environment and you mentioned their difficulties, that's the reality of starting something up. Yasin, what's been the biggest area of uncertainty in the ag tech space or, or this startup journey for you? The biggest area of difficulty is probably the way I approach it. It's the things that I don't know that I don't know. Meeting people and talking about their ideas and being able to 
take my idea to somebody else has been a big hurdle for me. Take my idea to somebody else and ask them questions about it, ask them about what their experience is on the farm, managing their land. It sounds like a bit of a roadblock kind of moment and the course has helped you unlock that in a certain way. It really has. It really has. The course has put me in touch with coaches who have been in this space for a while, who've spoken to heaps of people and they put me in contact with more people. They put me in contact with primary producers, people who've been in this industry for a while and taught me to engage with their problems. And at the same time, they put me in contact with other people who've been innovators in this space for 30 years and seeing their process and seeing how it is they approach problems has been really amazing. Lastly, what advice would you give to other future founders looking to break into the Australian ag tech scene? I would say keep an open mind because you might think you know how to do something, but the people around you will have advice that might firstly be a better way to solve the problem or it's advice that you could then integrate into solving the problem. And the next piece of advice I would have is to just do it. A lot of people and uh, you know ourselves have had some analysis paralysis where there's so much to think about that it can almost stop you in your tracks. But I think messy action is the right way to do it. Just get the website up, even if it's suboptimal. Start calling people, even if you don't know everything. You know, you'll never get every single duck in the perfect row. It certainly sounds like you both are hitting targets. You're not afraid of having a go. It's been fabulous to speak with you both and all the best for the path ahead with Drone Spraying Australia. And thank you for taking the time and joining us for this AgTech Innovators podcast. Thank you very much, Drew. Great to, much, Drew. Great to be here, yeah. Thank you for listening to AgTech Innovators. For more episodes in this series, find us and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to hear your feedback, so please leave a comment or rating and share this series with your friends and family. All information is accurate at the time of release. Contact Agriculture Victoria or your consultant before making any changes on farm. This podcast was developed by Agriculture Victoria, authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne.